Apparently, summer doesn't technically begin until June 20th. But it's freaking hot outside, so in recognition of that, I watch Cruel Summer, Episode 5, As the Carney Gods Intended. While teen mystery melodramas are a dime a dozen, I think my modest expectations actually help me enjoy the show. On today's episode, we'll look at the plot, the characters, news, and reviews. Let's go. So the first thing you see when you watch this show is a warning that says depictions of grooming that may be triggering. (laughs) So was it triggering to me? No, not really. There was one scene maybe near the end where you kind of got the vibe that the guy, this Martin guy, was like obviously trying to get with this high school girl, Kate. But other than that, the rest of the show was basically just a mystery because I obviously walked into episode five blind and, uh, Tried to parcel out what was going on. It takes place in the past, three different timelines, all on the same day, which I really liked because I really like time travel shows. And it was also quite different than what I was expecting when I heard that it was like a CW freeform type show. Right. The three timelines are 1993, 1994, and 1995. And And every episode, I assume, follows one specific day. This day was July 29th. We're in the middle of summer, obviously. Cruel summer. I think last episode was July 4th. But like you said, it's on Freeform. Who is the target audience for this? Because it's TV-14, but I felt like this was a soap opera for, like, teenagers. Yeah, sure. It's the same audience you'd see for Pretty Little Liars or 13 Reasons Why. I wrote down Big Sky and also uh, Weirdly Defending Jacob. So in the 1993 storyline, everything is bright. The atmosphere, the colorization, 1994, kind of the same, a little less so. Like they tone it down just a quite a little bit, add some blues to that shade. But by 1995, that storyline, I don't know what, if they're just trying to show the contrast so deep, but that one's like you're watching Dateline, NBC, or 2020, one of those crime mystery dramas where... Uh, where you're getting interviews from people. It's just completely blue, dark the entire time. Very easy to tell when you're in that storyline. Also, they make the characters the main two, Kate and Janet, uh, who we'll get into. They make their hairstyles different every single time so that you can kind of tell which is which and when they are. They talk about, yeah, them getting haircuts like all the time throughout the TV show. I I don't know if if, uh, Janet's hair in the 1995 storyline is actually hers. I think she's wearing a wig in that one because it's it's really short and it looks like it's kind of bouncing off her head a little bit. Are the storylines with 1993 to 1995, are they intercut throughout or do you get one block of time then a separate block of time? Well, do you know what the story is? Did you do the research on that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... I'm not exactly clear, but this is what I gauged through the previously and also through what happened in this episode. There's a lawsuit. It's basically Kate versus Janet, and they both have similar friends, but Kate was originally more popular. And then I guess one of them was kind of like kidnapped. Yeah. And uh, but they both sort of have this um, animosity towards one another. They're both considered liars. Like, and you kind of have to pick your sides. And it seems like Janet Janet is, is getting the short end of the stick when it comes to right. most so, of the people believing her. Even her parents at this point don't seem to believe her. Right, because the thing was, was that people think that Janet, um, because originally they thought Kate was dead when she was kidnapped, ends up being alive. What, what year was she kidnapped? It was obviously not 93. 
or it might have been on the tail end of that. I think she was found in 94. So it was either she went missing in 94 and then was also found that same timeline or it was in 93 and then 94. In, is in 93, we saw the kidnapper, Martin, uh, talking to uh, both of them at different points. He was working at the carnival. So this episode all takes place at the carnival itself and different events that were occurring. In the first one, I think it was uh, Janet's first date. Kate was dating her boyfriend. She was also seeing that her parents... Uh, where or her mom might have been right, having yeah. an affair. That, yeah, that happened in episode two. Okay, and and then in 1994, Kate and Janet, Kate really wants to speak, or sorry, Janet really wants to speak to Kate, but Kate runs away from her, and they go into the fun house, and that's about that. Yeah, I saw and the then in the last that. one, in the last storyline, like Janet is just a mess. She is completely depressed. Again, there's this lawsuit that's that's uh, eating at her, and they've hired this big attorney to represent her, and she's making friends with the bartender who is sleeping with her dad. So you get kind of things from everywhere, and again, it is a teen drama, so I it kind of expected sort of the 13 Reasons Why vibe. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, there was even a, a little thing being like, if you have any assaults, right. call this yeah. number. Yeah. Um, they did that with a, a teacher, too. But... At the same time, for Freeform, for a kid's network, showing everything but sex and nudity and just kind of showing plot was nice. It was, it was, you still got the same sort of storylines where people had romance interests and uh, kiss on the cheek is about right. as, as risque as it yeah, got. Yeah, and because Jeanette ended up dating Kate's uh, boyfriend a year later. Jamie? After- yeah, after he... I don't know if he was if they were dating, but Jamie does lie to Kate about whether or not she, they kissed one year, and then the next year you see him admit to the truth in a kind of funny scene, and she's like, "That's the nicest thing anyone's ever done to me," and then she's and right. Then she yeah, left. in nineteen ninety four, once Kate is found alive, I believe Jamie hits Jeanette in the face and is like, "What did you do?" Not in this they episode. They just refer to that episode that he assaulted her, or hit her, or something. But you said it takes place. Are both these actors or actresses are they both? over 18 uh actually i believe that kiara aurelia who plays uh jeanette mm-hmm. she is, she looks the younger of the she two she is 18 and then olivia holt is 23 she was born in 1997 oh so there is quite the difference but they do a good job of kind of de-aging them throughout the 1993 storyline um because least... they give her like braids and stuff so. well yeah I, I saw embraces too right yeah i think so they have this cool bathroom scene to kind of introduce you to the different star storyline or timelines at the very beginning where they're like all they're flossing in 93 and then they close the thing and in the next uh, second she's coming out of the shower and uh, like with and a towel older, yeah. And, and yeah it's the next year and so i i really acclimated to the show pretty quickly uh what i'm supposed to be paying attention to which is kind of hard to do it was almost like the fifth episode wants new new people to watch it. it like it was giving you enough storyline so that you could just jump into did, it did most of the scenes seem to have something going on because i was a little confused when i saw that olivia holt she went on to good morning america and they showed a scene where she's just buying a dvd and it seemed like the most boring scene of all of it yeah so like, there were scenes where it dragged because this all took place during the car carnival and um 
And there were scenes where Kate, or sorry, where Janet was just kind of lingering in her house being all depressed and stuff. But I guess I was so fascinated by like, okay, where are people in each timeline that I was more keeping track. And I guess if you'd watched four episodes before this, it may have just been monotonous. So the timeline wasn't like a cheap gimmick to try and get people to watch the show. You really enjoyed it. And it seemed like everyone else that has reviewed the show said uh, so as well. But I also enjoyed that there were references to the past. So you got things like, should we watch Clerks again? I was like, <laughs> I haven't heard of Clerks forever. And then uh, Troy Aikman, they brought him up um, as playing on the Cowboys. She said dope a lot. Janet did. Um, when she went Is on her date term? I, I didn't think it was. with Gideon, it's more 90s than lit. <laughs> um, and then you had them renting movies like you were talking right, about, which VCRs. again, you actually, yeah, but VCRs are the things you play VHSs on. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's VHS is one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and then you had karaoke at the bar and they, and they played that one song that was like, Hey, yeah, hey, hey, yeah, hey, no, yeah. No, no, they have a good, they have a good soundtrack despite the fact, but they only had that one. So I think they paid for the rights to it, and they were like, okay, we can spend our budget on one good song. Well, they've had, actually songs have played a big role in it. Like in episode two, zombies. Uh, oh, cool. The name yeah. of the song or the band they Again, use as a huge songs, part. So that works, right? Uh, but like, did they, were the nineties? Were they like? seen as this really old pastime or did they actually do like a decent job in trying to make it seem like it wasn't that long ago it seemed normal like i probably would have been like hey these references don't make sense also where are the smartphones but other than that the friendships maybe the hairstyles a little bit because she did go goth by the end also the thing about the characters was first of all who's the bad guy martin whatever is from somewhere like, I recognized him, uh, Martin Harris, the bad, yeah. He's supposed to be the principal, I believe. No, assistant principal. No, assistant principal. And he's from Myrtle Falls. I got all that. But wh- who is he, really? I don't know what you would have seen him in, because he's only been, like, a series regular in this and uh, another show called Mixology. Really? Yeah. Maybe he just has one of those faces. I was I was sure I'd seen him in something else. Yeah, I think the twist... I'll look up his Wikipedia page later. Um, but there were a few more characters who kind of, like... At first, I was really confused about Mallory, because in the first 1993 storyline, she's friends with Jeanette, and it took me forever to realize that she is now switched over and been friends with Kate for the last two years. And, yeah, uh, it seems like every episode you're not sure who's supposed to be, like, which side you're on. Is I also it... met Derek, who was her brother. You, you meet the family, the dad and the mom. And then in the last storyline, Jeanette's dad is with the bartender now, so she, he got divorced. You also have people like Vincent. Then you have, um, th- yeah, so, so one of them keeps on writing Annabelle a bunch. So they sort of do the Daredevil season two uh, tapes of therapy. <laughs> yeah. Or well, also 13 three. Reasons yeah. Why. Yeah. Okay. Season three, where um, I believe it's Kate is listening to her own therapy tapes. Do you get like the cinematography of her seeing herself talk to the therapist or is it just her listening to the tapes? It's her putting on uh, like old timey headphones and just listening to it as she's at the carnival or the fair in 95 uh, i think and she's just trying to regurgitate some memories they both seem to have some ptsd where they like because in the middle of jeanette singing karaoke she also has sort of a panic attack and so we're still unclear as to what happens so it's cool how it's revealing throughout every single episode probably more and right, moving yeah. further into the summer i wonder what the final reveal will be like i don't even know if harris is really dead i know they destroyed his gravestone in this episode and they have this letter that's going around that said liar to one of them and they're trying to figure out who sent it it's kind of like the show awkward in that way where they find out at the end it's the mom that did it um <laughs> 
And can you give me some like reveal about what the lawsuit's about? Because I think one of them is being accused of stealing the other's identity. Right. But in what way? Well, because Jeanette basically once Kate uh, was kidnapped, it took over her life. Like I said, she started dating uh, Kate's boyfriend. Okay. She started to become a more But popular... she didn't literally like try no. to weasel her way in there. No, and the thing that I found a she little... She didn't like steal this... her parents and stuff. Well, when Kate came back and she ended up being alive, uh, Kate was able to kind of turn everyone against Jeanette, making her them feel like she had something to do with Kate's disappearance. That's why Jamie in, uh, in 1994, I believe in the first episode, punches Jeanette in the face and is like, what did you have to do with? Because Kate is kind of going around being like she had something to do with it and then um by the very end of the second episode Jeanette's like okay I'm going to be suing you for def or I'm going to be suing Kate for defamation I think says that on like live tv and it ends with Kate screaming because she she's yeah we didn't get any of that drama in this episode not as much at least there's they mentioned the garden club party a few times which I assume is where the kidnapping actually occurred yeah I know I think it is and they held Kate in this Dallas house that apparently so you see so it is like big sky where you see scenes with them being held captive right and they shot it at this house that was made back in 1938 however when they shot the underground scenes which is the basement scenes they shot that somewhere else there was this weird article that talked about every place that they shot and how like every place was kind of authentic in that sense oh you should have read more into that but it's it's interesting how instead of spending a whole season on showing one of them being kidnapped and the storyline of how they catch the killer or something that they decided to grid it out in this way where you're watching the ramp of just social life while this deep plot is going on for a kid's show for some dub, dumb like cw show it's actually fairly deep did they and, have and maybe i'm giving it too much credit but what are the reviews like to this well, the show the reviews are the reviews are pretty good they have 90 percent on ron tomatoes a 7.6 on critically IMDb. yeah nice and uh also it was the like most viewed premiere on freeform ever i think it got like something like 3.81 million viewers so people are pretty so people probably went show. into it super like low <laughs> there, expectations there were, yeah. because it's called cruel summer and i was thinking it was trying to be a play on cruel intentions which is a really like uh scandalous type of movie for teens which they couldn't show any of the serious stuff on uh, on something like freeform right so instead of not doing that but also tricking people and also being an okay show it's yeah a lot of a lot of writers were like i were going i was going to go in and hate this show but i actually ended up really enjoying it but that being said you said that they have kind of the um it can drag on sometimes the the characters you get a sense of who they are and then they sort of just repeat the same but does it ever give you like positive messages where you don't feel like it needs to have them there like un unneeded well I like the fact that the bad guy was giving the positive message of don't just screw over your date because you don't think that he's popular that was kind of funny because it's, it's also ironic right and yeah. and you're not exposed you're supposed to take it with like a grain of salt that mm-hmm. it's coming from this character um but there were no like it wasn't rammed down your throat this time i guess the nicest thing that anybody do, did was that the bartender brought Jeanette out and then kind of had her like sing her fears away yeah. but it, it it wasn't too cliche uh, corny Jeanette and kate uh or i should say uh kiara and olivia um they both said that it's kind of like don't judge a book by its cover that's the uh, type of message that they said that the show was going for you brought up the fact that this whole entire episode takes place 
at a carnival did they give a reason why every, on that exact date every year everyone keeps showing up there or is it just i think it's a town there? carnival that everybody's used to going to uh, yeah. it's not like that big of a deal you were bringing up and the, it's in the 90s when what else are you gonna freaking do <laughs> you were bringing up the fact how the show kind of used colorization to its benefit such as how it like, has to because it's yeah. not telling you when it switches years which can be a little confusing but anyone with a modicum of intelligence will be able to follow then and Jason Crothers, who was the cinematographer for the show, said that it was pretty easy being able to shoot for this thing because they had so many small HD cameras and even people such as... Oh, like as, GoPros? Like just all around? Yeah, but basically cool, cool. like they had a ton of them. And even people like hair and costume design were using an app on their phone to see how it turned out. And because of like how much small HD cameras are apparently able to do, such as do like fake colors to make it seem like it's in a different it's time just a period yeah, yeah yeah and and different overlays and different all types of different settings he said that working on this show even though it was they did this during covid it was able to make it easier for the editing team and him yeah we like to go off on all those netflix shows and be like oh man the the cinematography is great but the plot sucks <laughs> or something like that but in a show like this you don't necessarily need to have spanning its uh, expanses of like great land shots or anything it, it really is just a small little town where you're kind of telling a um a weird story but you asked earlier if there was any point when it felt like it was preachy and this didn't actually this came across pretty well but the brother's character felt like he was giving a moral message to Jeanette when Jeanette was chasing Kate through the uh freaking maze trying to talk to her about what had happened the previous summer or something sort things out uh, in that way is he like kind of the most he, he didn't want to follow her he, he was he was basically saying like hey you should go back to being the nerdy kid you were also don't hug me because people will think we're in a relationship <laughs> it was it was so. it was odd so but but at the same time the writing isn't as bad as it could be i give them more credit for that as well i would probably give the show a solid seven maybe even eight for what it is um for, for what it for what it is I, I would bear it wasn't insufferable uh -huh. and a lot of these shows are and i would probably sit through another one again if i had to um and i would definitely skip to the end to just see how it resolves well, did itself you see who executively produced this no jessica beale oh cool uh, yeah. so so she did she was the main character in what was that one show that came yeah, out no, a few no, no, years no, ago I, I, the one where she's like stabbing right. people oh and stuff. the sinner yeah yeah the sinner and and that was a crazy crime drama as well where she has also a bit of amnesia throughout the entire uh, run. Yeah. So it's funny that she went on to another show that's kind of the kid version of someone having amnesia and being kidnapped as well because well, uh, she was kidnapped in that show too a lot of she just likes kidnapping a lot of people bought up that in the 90s she did a similar type of show i wasn't really sure what they were talking about there but she was saying that she felt like she bojack of, horseman <laughs> she was in a 90s sitcom show <laughs> well well she was in that episode bojack horseman but yeah olivia holden kiara aurelia made it very clear that she like had her hands in this show the whole time in fact she'd even she had zoom, her hands she would show. she would even do zoom like yeah. over because she wasn't there for COVID reasons to like give them a lot of like help. Do you so, think this show is going to go another season? Uh, at this point, with everything that I'm reading, yes, it hasn't been renewed. The real question is because yet? will they run out of content? Because you only have these three years to go off of, and after it's done, if the main if the main villain is dead, w could you really realistically pull in someone else and have something else terrible happen to these kids? I mean, or it, will it just become too? Well, that's a good question. I think they're gearing ridiculous. up for season two at this point. Bert you don't want it to turn into Scream. 
that, which is basically true. the same kids having to deal with some crazy murderer coming after them every season. Well, and I saw that when I was when it said like TV shows that this is like the OA was the first thing to appear. Does that make any sense at all? Because the OA is like the a, OA deals with teenagers and them going to a school where a weird kind of elder character. She doesn't groom them, but she definitely pulls them away. And she's not really insane. She just has uh, this weird magical ability. So I don't know if I would connect it really with the OA, but I, I guess in a weird way, they're connected because of the high school dynamic. Yeah, and Bert V. Royal created the show. He did one of these uh, options, and I want to see if you can guess which one. The four are Thoroughbreds, EZA, Riverdale, and Pretty Little Liars. Which is this connected to most? Which one did he do? Which one did he work and on? And who is this again? The uh, producer? Bird v. Royal. No, he created the show. Oh, he created it. And he also created one of these other ones? One of these other So ones. Pretty Little Liars, what was the other t- t- three? Uh, Riverdale, EZA, and Thoroughbreds. It feels like it could be any of those, but Thoroughbreds is the f- furthest off from this because that had malice intent from the kids. Uh, I would want to say Pretty Little Liars is, be, is the closest to it, but is it Thoroughbreds? No, it's Easy A. Oh, okay. I thought that you would say Easy A was no. the most off. <laughs> Easy A is actually like pretty similar. I can see how that happened. Apparently, they're doing a spinoff film to it, which is weird because that came out Different like, casting, I assume. Yeah, again, spinoff. Well, huh? Yeah, but I mean, Zombieland, they brought everybody back despite their ages. <laughs> yeah, but I said, uh, I know that Linda Molle of TV Insider said it was complicated. But that, Yeah, but that it's not doing it just to be trendy. It's gotten a lot of four and a half and four out of fives when you go on to Ron Tomatoes. So, again, this has gotten positive when you don't treat the audience like an idiot and you present a mystery that could actually be interesting to them Mm -hmm. you can you can get away with stuff like amnesia and stupid like relationship drama of like a guy punching a a horn like jamie punches a horn in this uh in his car like for four times and it doesn't come across like as crazy as it would mad yeah right yeah but like in most shows it's like oh my god just get over it (laughs) (laughs) let's go on to the next scene so yeah yeah, don't treat the audience like an idiot and you'll get good reviews easy easy formula (laughs) we've solved it um anyways let's not go too much longer with this review anything else you want to bring up that's kind of all i have what was the annabella thing did i i bring that up uh yeah annabelle i believe we're going to be getting that more next time i think next time on the next episode i think that i saw that 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 was in the name next episode or something to do with episode six it's going to run for 10 episodes though so that's the that's the main thing all right so i i got the halfway mark yeah basically you're right in the middle (laughs) all right well thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode hope you enjoyed this one Bye.